welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. William French lived on the Brattleboro-Demerston town line. He was born in 1753 and died in 1775, eight days shy of his 22nd birthday. His early death arrived in hail of gunfire at the Westminster Courthouse. His body was struck by five bullets fired by his neighbors. How does the community get to the point where a neighbor will shoot a neighbor? The early days of Brattleboro were contentious. Some settlers were loyal to New York, some to New Hampshire, some liked British rule, and some deprised it. In those first years, those loyal to New York and the King of England controlled the town government. Land speculation was a driving influence along the Connecticut River. In 1764, the King's Council gave control of all the land west of the Connecticut River to the colony of New York. Under Massachusetts and New Hampshire, oversight settlers had been in the area since the 1720s. But now, 40 years later, Great Britain declared the land should be governed by New York. Here's where things got complicated. Samuel Wells, John Arms, and 18 others purchased land rights to Brattleboro from the governor of New York. Wells then bought those rights from 16 of the other grantees. None of the 16 actually lived in town. They were all land speculators. Samuel Wells gave Nicholas Stuyvesant, the chief judge of New York, and William and Thomas Smith, also of New York, 5,400 acres in the southwest corner of the town. These men planned to sell the New York land rights to those who were already living within the town borders or newly arrived settlers. Initially, Samuel Wells and John Arms were appointed judges in the New York court system. Within a couple of years, Wells was given a larger county courtship, and Arms was made Cumberland County Sheriff. Samuel Wells, John Arms, Nathan, and Wilder Willard were then the four town residents who controlled all of New York land titles. Wells owned the lion's share. Brattleboro residents had to decide whether to purchase a New York title for their land from these men or continue with questionable New Hampshire claims. Town government was organized under New York jurisdiction, and Brattleboro became part of New York's Cumberland County. Meanwhile, William French's father Nathaniel was one of the early settlers of Brattleboro. According to Mary Cabot's Annals of Brattleboro, in 1769, the Frenches were one of the last families to live in Fort Dummer. They soon left the fort, built a home in the most northeastern corner of town. At this time, Brattleboro had a population of approximately 400 people. In 1774, economic conflict between the British colonies of North America and the government of Great Britain was intensifying. In December 1773, the Boston Tea Party had been a protest against British tax collection in the colonies. The British government responded with a coercive acts, series of laws to punish Massachusetts and intimidate the other colonies. The coercive acts lived up to their name, although many in the colonies referred to them as intolerable. The Boston port was locked down by the British military. Ship trade was halted, unemployment rose, and some in the Boston area began to starve. The representative colonial government of Massachusetts was replaced by an all-powerful pro-British governor. More British troops were transported into the colonies to enforce British policies. These economic hardships had ripple effects throughout the New England colonies. In Brattleboro, the local government sided with New York and many remained loyal to Great Britain. However, homesteaders who had borrowed money to begin frontier life along the Connecticut River were struggling as their loans were called in before they could raise money to pay them. The British economic pressure brought to bear in Boston were reaching into the hills of Cumberland County. 
According to the Dummerston Historical Society book about the history of their town, the settlers north of Brattleboro were frequently irritated by the triacal attitude of the New York government. The Dummerston book went on to say that the king's decision to recognize the New York rule in this area caused monumental problems for those who were striving to comfort the, the New Hampshire great obligations and expensive taxes from New York tyranny. Many homes were destroyed by New York officials, while others were confiscated. Demerson grew to oppose the New York rule. In 1774, the First Continental Congress met in Philadelphia to respond to the Coercive Acts. Representatives from the 13 colonies pledged to work together. The Congress issued a Declaration of Rights where they confirmed their loyalty to Great Britain, but also argued that the British government should not have the right to tax the colonies. They stated that the colonies would stop importing British goods if the Coercive Acts continued to be applied. They further promised that they would meet again during the following summer to decide whether to stop sending goods to Great Britain as well. The meeting at the Continental Congress was a big deal. The promise to support one another was a huge step. Previously, each colony had an individual relationship with the Crown. The colonies agreed that paying taxes without having a say in government was unacceptable. One of the action steps agreed to at the end of the convention was to send an overview of these Continental Congress agreements to the people in the colonies in hopes of getting some feedback. In 1774, this meant sending letters to the leadership of the different counties in the colonies and having the county leadership share the results with the people in the various towns. In Cumberland County, the local leadership, headed by Samuel Wells, failed to share this anti-British information with the residents. The leadership was heavily connected with the New York government, and New York remained one of the most pro-British colonies in America. Eventually, the news of the Continental Congress made its way to the Cumberland County, and many were unhappy that pro-British leaders had kept the information from the people. In February 1775, Nathaniel French, William's father, traveled to Westminster to represent Brattleboro at a meeting of 21 Cumberland County towns. French was representing those who were opposed to continued British influence in the county. This group voted to change the pro-British administration of justice in the county court system. The group believed the people of Cumberland County were being exploited by the courts. The courts were unfairly confiscating people's property and disregarding the needs of the citizenry. Young William French, living on the Brattleboro-Dummerston border, found himself siding with the exploited settlers and opposed to his New York-leaning Brattleboro neighbors. In March 1775, the New York court in Westminster planned to open. Court cases against landowners in Cumberland County were due to be heard. Those who were in debt were expecting to lose their property. The Standing Committee of Correspondence that Nathaniel French belonged to decided they would stop the Westminster Courthouse from opening and share their demands that the leadership of the court change. Over 100 men opposed to the opening of the court occupied the Westminster Courthouse. News of the plan made its way to Brattleboro, and Sheriff William Patterson organized 25 residents who traveled to Westminster. On the way, they gathered more supporters and arrived in Westminster with about 70 men. Their intent was to clear the rioters from the courthouse so the court could be held the next day. Many of the sheriff's posse were armed. Among the men were some of the most prominent of Brattleboro. Samuel Knight, the only lawyer in town, Samuel Gale, the son-in-law of Samuel Wells, and Benjamin Butterfield, the clerk of the court, were three Brattleboro men who arrived in Westminster with their weapons. What you see is often determined by where you stand. Those in the sheriff's posse believed they were standing on the king's land and thought they were fighting for law and order. Those in the courthouse who believed they were standing for the rights of men to govern themselves thought they were fighting for justice. 
What the sheriff's men saw when they rushed the courthouse was not a group of neighbors. What they saw was the enemy. Shots were fired into the courthouse from the sheriff's posse. 21-year-old William French was hit five times by bullets unleashed from the guns of Brattleboro men. History books hide the horror of this story behind labels like Tories and Whigs, New Yorkers, and Patriots. A quick read of the Westminster Massacre leaves you thinking the people were probably unknown to one another. In a town of 400 people, William French knew full well who killed him. While the Westminster Massacre can be seen as a catalyst for the American Revolution, it can also be seen as a failure of community to figure out how to look out for one another in challenging times. We'd like to thank Remy, Jonas, Sam, Ida, Allison, and Kaz for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.